All right, guys, how we doing? This is AJ Torres of uh, Calling Strikes, courtesy of the Worst Take Network. Now, I'm actually with the boss, Matty Kays, and today we're just talking Padres baseball. Matty Kays, how we doing, boss? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Today is a good day so far for Mr. Denilson Lamette. He is really killing it right now. Um, he's pitched, what, three innings? I think he's allowed two hits no one hit and he has five strikeouts so and his stuff is working he hit 100 on a fastball earlier um now the Padres bats aren't really working that well so far but same thing happened last night took him a while to get going and then none other than Eric Hosmer pulled pulled a very nice performance with six RBIs three hits and two doubles uh AJ we were talking about you know Eric Hosmer Will Myers a little bit before this but what do you expect going in this year for a guy like Eric Hosmer? Now, I actually very found it very interesting. Uh, for those uh, listening out there, I've uh, I'm going to call the Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, May Machado, and uh, Tatis Jr. That is the Padre Big Three. Now, I've done some extended research on my lunch breaks. Uh, the the Big Four, the yeah. whatever you want to call them. Those are your four guys that are going to be the impact and the X factors of this team. That's just how it works. Now, as far as the contract goes, I really think the Padres really kicked themselves. Uh, I do not like uh, AJ Preller. He gives my name a bad name. But if you look at the six-year deal he made, and then there's the option, right? If you go by the numbers, right, this year he's making 22 and a half. Same thing with next year and the year after. There's only a $1 million buyout, which is cheap. But the first two years of that deal, you're basically paying him chicken scratch. And that is what I think really hurt the team. Now, I consider him a first baseman, but then Eric Hosmer signed. Now, you're not going to platoon two guys that are making $20 million apiece because those are the biggest contracts of the franchise. Between these two and May Machado, those are your biggest contracts in team history. So, actually, I don't, know, anybody. I don't know if you know this. The Padres went back-to-back-to-back off-seasons, having the biggest contracts in their, in their sport, in their, for their franchise. Um, Will Myers, that was the guy you just mentioned first off. Myers, Manny, then Hosmer, right? Flip, Hosmer was set in the middle. Oh, Myers, Hosmer, Manny. That's yes. right. That's yeah. right. Hosmer got there first after the Royals decided to collapse themselves. <laughs> I won't. I'll, I won't go into that. That was such a bloody mess. But uh, I guess it really comes down to this, Matt. Uh, I could, uh, while we have this game going on live, uh, which player do you want to really break down first? Do you want to um, break down Myers first? I. Th- well, yeah, let's go with Myers. Myers, um, he's been up once tonight. He's struck out. Um, and the big issue with him, for me at least, is that he goes hot and cold. And when he is cold, he is basically unplayable. It is bad when he's cold. So um, you were kind of – you were looking at his numbers earlier when we were talking about it, of how he's pretty similar against righties and lefties, which is great. At least last season he was. I think career-wise, I'm pretty sure he rakes against lefties. So – I could look at the career split for you. Mm-hmm. The career split, but 
you know, these things change over time. So my concern is, is that the way that the Tampa scouting and system goes, it's a little bit uh, more out of whack. If we go by at-bats themselves, we got over 2,000 at-bats against righties and a little over 700 for lefties. Batting average difference is actually bare over righties in that large number. So mm-hmm. I think if we go by career, it's kind of inconclusive. Gotcha. So I'm going to go by splits for 2019 because at that point, well, I've actually seen some videos. Uh, Will Myers is still trying to chase that uh, 40-40 season. I'm not sure if it's still doable now. No. But <laughs> I, I don't think so. But as far as putting in the work and everything uh, – I mean, I think it's there potentially. Let's see. It's still not a big number, but we got 350 for righties and 86 against lefties. So average, I'm going to say it's very similar. On base against lefties is higher, much higher. Because against righties, we're going 241 and 309 versus 233 and 365. That's yeah. uh, your bad average and on-base percentage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think for him, the, the main issue is the defensive side of the ball, the massive cold streaks. Like, his numbers always come out to look, like, pretty solid. Um, last season, he came out the first week just – tore the laces off the baseball just absolutely disturb the seams <laughs> um but just hitting the ball out of the park just dominated that first week and then went massively cold for a long time <laughs> um for about three months and you just you couldn't play him last year it was that bad and also it doesn't help that he's playing in the outfield where he's not really suited to play um he at first base, he was a solid first baseman, and then they signed Hosmer. He has to go play. He mostly played left field. Now he's going to be playing right field. Uh, tonight he's DHing, which is probably the best spot for him. Um, AJ, we were kind of talking about this. As far as what position will he play? You said you don't really like the idea of him being the everyday DH because you can't really sub players in and out of that. You want to get into that a little bit? Well. My thought is if you take a team like the Twins, now at Nelson Cruz's age, now when he signed that big contract, I think it was with the Mariners, it was five years, I'm like, ha, good luck. But sure enough, 42 years old, he's here. Well, let's say he retired last year, okay? Mm-hmm. Or he opted out this year, whatever. At Eric Hosmer's age, or not, not Eric Hosmer, I'm sorry, Josh Donaldson's age for the Twins. Mm-hmm. Because there's a time where I remember not just a couple of seasons ago, but he was having a hard time throwing the ball to first base. Mm-hmm. You know, at that guy's age and you want him to hit home runs, it's like, hey, sub him in for the occasional DH. Give him a couple off days and switch a couple guys in here. You're hitting catcher. There's some guys that need breaks, and that's why I like the DH being universal. Do I like Will Myers having a DH spot like once or twice a week? Yeah. Well, eventually, sometimes you're going to have to get Manny in there. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, if Manny goes, hey, I feel a little tightness here. It's like, up oh, DH. It's just like that. Yeah. No, I, I think that's it. I, I like that idea more than just having 
Myers everyday DH, but maybe he goes in there, he DHs a good amount. Ideally, and we'll transition into Hosmer here in a second, ideally I think it makes the most sense if you want to get wins to have him play first base against lefties, but I don't see the Padres doing that. Um, but, you know, have Will play right field, DH, and then maybe play against some lefties ever here once in a while at first base. I think that's the best way to use him. Um, but I think having him get those DH spots, having him not really have to focus on fielding as much will bode well for him. When he was playing first base, those were his best years. He had 28 and 30 home runs, and he was a solid hitter. He was, he was the Padres' best player those couple of years. Um, well, I mean, it kind of goes like this. It's not like one of those – this isn't like beer league softball where it's just like, hey, uh, you know, it's like where can you play? I can play anywhere. Oh, throw him in the outfield. It's fine. It's not, it's not like left field in uh, Fenway Park. And if you remember, Hanley Ramirez was garbage at that, and that's embarrassing. The fact that Manny Ramirez and uh, Hanley couldn't do it, I mean, that's just – it's grim. It's grief. Whatever word you want to put in there, it's, it's awful. It's terrible. It's subpar. You can't yeah. put a guy who's worth $22.5 million platooned at 80 games. But I really think this is why I don't like A.J. Preller is because he didn't use his head here. At first, you wanted to trade this guy. And then, oh, let's sign him to a contract. Oh, and for the first two years, let's have it be worth nothing. So we're going to tackle on $22.5 million for the last four years of it, just straight. Yeah. And then there's, a, and and trying- then there's an option for a, the other year after that, but the buyout is only $1 million, so that's very team-friendly. I've seen some buyouts go 5 to $10 million, which is sweet. But going forward, I'm thinking that well, I saw Will Myers. Did he play center field not, uh, a little bit? Yeah, that, that was a failed experiment. <laughs> I mean, I've seen him make some plays, but get that guy out of center field. Yeah. Get yeah. him out of there. You know, um, and- I think I think that it's just like – so they tried to trade him this offseason. There was a ton of rumors of, oh, you got to – and it was one of those like, oh, we'll trade him in his sal- and part of his salary and package prospects with him. And it's like, oh my goodness! Yeah. Now they Matt it, Kemp all over again. Exa- and and it's not. It didn't go through, but it's just like you have all this money tied to him. Um, and then I think now is the perfect time to transition to Eric Hosmer. That's the same situation. So Myers has twenty million each season for the next three, and then there's like an option in that fourth year. Well, <laughs> Eric Hosmer goes. This season until 2022, so for three seasons, $20 million. Then he has a player option for three seasons after that for $13 million a season. And the way that his first two years have gone in San Diego, he will probably opt into that contract. And he will end that contract at age 35. Now, he had a great, so as far he had a great as night player last night. options go? If he doesn't improve, he's going to take that option. Um, and his last two years, I think he had, he had a negative – Negative overall war last year, and then in 2018, I think he was around like a one war, so pretty average player that he's played as a, as a Padre. He's been pretty average. Um, last night, I'll give props to Eric Hosmer. Six RBIs in the opener. Tonight, he's not playing. He's ill. Hopefully, he gets better. 
I would love – there's nothing more than that I'd like to see than Eric Hosmer do really well this season because the Padres need him to play well, especially if he's making that much, that much money. Correct. So as far as what I'm thinking, as far as trading those two guys, I don't think many people – I don't think big market teams, it goes down to, I don't think they have the salary cap room because they want somebody solid or somebody that can make an instant impact. And the small market teams, even if you bring prospects and half that salary cap, they don't want it on a quote unquote project. But to break down war, um, it gives us a guideline right here. Eight, eight plus is MVP quality, as in you are the best player in the game. If you have five plus, you are all-star quality or around that per se. Defense is involved in here, so it's a little, it's a little tricky in some cases. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, two plus, it means you're a starter. If you have zero to two, it's a reserve player. And if it's zero or less, it is replacement level. So if you have a negative point two, it means you are replaceable. Now, like I said, defense, I remember, was it last year where it was the 10th inning in Houston and he ran in too yep. far? The crowd just goes, oh, and he just puts his hands on his knees and he just goes, uh, that's me. Now, yeah, that was bad. Now, I just, <laughs> you know, one, one of these days we're going to make a, a bet, and if I lose, I'm going to buy a Padres hat, but I can't lie. I wish the – I kind of wish the uniforms were that uh, blue and the uh, white. I'd seriously, like, if I lost a bet and I had to buy, like, one of those blue digi-camo hats, I wouldn't be mad. Like, even though I'm a Yankee fan, I wouldn't be mad. They look sick. It's like, uh, now it's like uh, the Friar and the, the Friar Brown, the yellow and the white. I mean, I get that it's different, but it's just... It's not attractive, 20 feet away, walk in 20 miles an hour. Yeah, so, so as far as Hosmer goes, I think if he doesn't step up this year, it's going to be like, okay, is this the worst contract in the league? Um, hopefully last night's a sign of what's to come. Um, Want to kind of talk about Manny Machado. AJ, what, what do you think about just like that deal, like that massive $300 million deal in San Diego? Um I now, like I actually – I didn't think that the Padres were a front runner at all, to be completely honest with no. you. <laughs> uh, I, fo- I follow the baseball offseason because baseball is my first sport. Uh, it goes baseball, then football. Basketball, I follow it, but I'm not really that into it. I don't know the game as much as the other two. In hockey, I just watch it when it's around. But I followed that whole offseason, and the Phillies, they had a, you know, what meeting go for a while. The Yankees, they brought him in. And um, I forget who his, uh, I forget who his agent is. I know who the agent is for Eric Hosmer. It's Scott Boris, and I hate that man's guts. <laughs> and th- this guy's so bad. And this is why when he started to get into the players' uh, association, I loved it when Trevor Bauer's like, hey, you, stay out of union business. That's why I love that guy. But moving forward, uh, I was really concerned about Manny. There was a, a lot of things that just scratched my mind. And as far as the Yankees about 
because the number was 300 million exactly around that offer, I believe so. I'm not sure if it was maybe eight years or something, but it was a large deal similar to this. Uh, but they replaced him as as soon as that fell through. They eventually signed DJ LeMahieu, and we know how that goes. Yeah. As far as his first season goes, now I'm running through the line, and just keep in mind with a game that's more about launch angles, uh, the baseball as far as the first two games go. I'm not sure how much they've changed it. But last year, um, if you saw the thing fly in the air, it was getting close to the wall. So far this year, not as much. So I think they toned down the ball a little bit, so just keep that in mind. Uh, going forward, the reason I say that is his bad average is 256. Now, some people think it's terrible, but it's just a new part of baseball where, where launch angle is everything. Power hitting's the game, and people are striking out a lot more. Now, for a power hitter, right, at 128 strikeouts, I actually think that's pretty good. And as far as walks go, right, I like a guy who could walk 50 to 60 times plus. Manny's got 65. That, to me, is really good. So if we go by all of this right now. I can't put runs in here because after him, because he's in that three hole or cleanup spot, mm-hmm. it's really a crap shoot on how many times he's in to score. But if I have to go by the numbers, that's important. We're going 32 home runs, 85 RBIs, 65 walks, 128 strikeouts, 256 average on base of 334. Now I can't complain about that. If you want to rule in the $30 million, you know, a year card, by all means, go for it. But if, are you saying that the guy's a bad player? Not by any stretch. But we're going to be weighing this every year for the next, what, eight years? After yeah. this year, eight more years? I mean, okay. My thing is, like, he's he also had only played half a season in the National League with the Dodgers, right? So That's correct. So he's still adjusting to the National League pitching, and the pitching's better, and the numbers aren't as good. And I do think I don't think there's a ton to it, but I'm just saying that I'm what I'm expecting is these numbers to improve, maybe not drastically, but I do think that they'll improve somewhat. And I think like you brought up, the average, it's not that good, but the on base percentage, the walks are there. But that the home but that's runs most of baseball right now, Matt. That's most of baseball, because if you look all around, right. There's mm-hmm. only – there's maybe – could you name 10 players off the top of your head last year that bad three that bad 300-plus for a whole season? As in, they're not injured. They played about a whole season. By whole season, I mean 150 games or so plus. So that and hit 300, it, it's, it's starting to get lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. So – if for a good bad and average now, it's more looking like if you're a top hitter, you're kind of going 275 ish. So, I mean, and that's an average hitter, not a power hitter. This guy's a power hitter. Now, the only thing that really concerns me about Manny is that if you go by his away numbers, right, he had more at bats away. But if we go by, let's say this, he has 26 more hits. 
playing away. He's got nine more doubles, two more home runs than at home, five more RBIs, struck out a little bit less. Now, if we want to go by away versus home, now it's uh, it's 76 starts at home, but 78 games apiece. The bad average at home is 219, on base is 297. On the road, 289 and 369. Now, is that the ballpark? Because the thing, Matt, you brought up about the pitching, right? If we go by division rivals, right? Without Mass and Bumgarner, and he's not there, and with Johnny Cueto, I saw that game, and I actually won money putting it on the Dodgers. Johnny Cueto's fastball was maxing out at 92 miles an hour. As we speak, the giant rotation is just overpaid garbage. It's paying too much for a dumpster. That's how I'm going to classify that. Outside of your Clayton Kershaw, uh, Walker Bueller, I'm going to throw in Robbie Ray. And, you know, putting Bumgarner there too. I mean, there's not many good starting quality pitchers in that division that are consistent. There's some guys that get hot. Mm-hmm. As far as the pitching, it's not really my concern because if you look at two, a lot of the National League has mediocre relief pitching as well. Whereas the American League, it's a lot more strict where it's just kind of like, hey, if you can't get these three outs, there's a chance that we're going to send you down or we're going to trade you or somebody else is going to have the job or you're pitching a lot less or you're the mop-up guy. It seems like the National League, I see a lot of guys where I'm like, what's this guy still doing here? And they just give him a lot of chances and see if he can figure it out. Just to, just in my experience. Now, I know you watch uh, the National League a lot more than I do. I'm trying to watch more as uh, time goes on. Mm-hmm. But I still wonder why the road games, there's better numbers. Is it's... the park really that bad? Because every time you pull the ball, isn't left field 330? So, so keep this in mind. I grew up where the Padres Park was by far like the most brutal place you could ever play. And someone just, Tommy Pham just missed a ball and a, a run just scored. So 1 0 Cardinals. Um, Diamondbacks, yes. Yeah. That was a good hit, though. Or, oh, Card- I say Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Getting, getting I got to give that one to up. a hitter. Yeah. That, <laughs> it, it was a tough play for Pham, but bummer that they they on the board first. Um, but they brought the outfield walls in so much a few years ago. So much. And you can hit the Thank ball of the park. The Mariners, yeah. Yeah. You can hit the ball of the park pretty easy but there's it's just the ball doesn't care i don't know that no one ever hits there there the the games are always so low scoring other players that come don't really do that well in petco like it's just overall the petco is not that great so i think that any hitter that comes to the padres is going to struggle at home i, I think that's just the case um now what really is going to matter i think for hosmer or for machado is does he have some winning seasons with the Padres if they get some good guys around him? Like, can he be the guy that hit, has those big hits? Um, and, and I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be in, in positions to win. Um, obviously, I hope so. But the other reason why I really like the Manny Machado signing is because of Fernando Tatis. 
that is a guy that he can mentor. You got that left side of the infield locked down. Um, Fernando Tatis, rookie season was absolutely fantastic, right? Now, you have one concern. I have a concern. I have one concern, and that is it. Now, uh, before Real we quick. get to before you get to that, is yeah. there anything you want to go into Tatis? Uh, we want to move on from there, or we'll eventually go back to Hosmer. We could do family if we want to. Uh, tell me what you want to do. Um, I, I think we should just wrap it up with Tatis right now and just kind of talk about what we're going to see all the guys to wrap it up at the end. But um, for, for Tatis, the issue that I have is the injuries. Now, he's a 20-year-old. He's a lanky 20-year-old. I really hope that that doesn't derail his career. You have another concern. Tell everyone what it is. Well, I was actually – now, I'm hard, but I'm fair. Now, by, what I mean by that is there's some things where I try to be positive about this. I'm not just going to be one guy that's going to yell that a guy's a bum, this and that, because that's just mindless. My only concern – right here is if we go by Tatis's numbers right here. Oh, is that a that pull that up? Let's see. If I go by his numbers from last year, he played in 84 games. Okay. 82 of them started. Now in that 84 game span, 106 hits. That is beautiful. So if we're going by doubling these numbers, right? Mm-hmm. He's got over 40 home runs and a hard RBIs. He's going to steal about 32 bases, which that puts him in the 30-30 club, which is hard to do. His bad and average and on base for that span was 317 and 379. Only concern. Now this goes for Will Myers too, by the way. When now uh, I'm going to go into Tatis first in 84 games, he struck out 110 times. If we go throughout a full season, he's due to strike out about 200. Now that is a lot. The problem that he had, and I believe it was Will Myers is that you're better off, you know, instead of striking out or whatever, you're better off putting the balls in play. Now, sometimes you can't help it. You foul a couple of things off. Uh, You got a nasty breaking ball. You know, I think uh, Tatis is aggressive, you know, on the base pass, as a hitter. And I think he's going to learn. Like, once everything gets it and he finds his groove, he's going to get his comfort. I think he's just very aggressive. Maybe he gets the yips. I think once he calms down, you know, he's a kid still. I think maybe, maybe not this year because it's a small sample size, but next year for a full season, I think he's going to go from a projected 220 to 150, which if he goes and produces similar numbers and only strikes out 150 times, which your favorite power hitter, Joey Gallo, good example, he's going to strike out 200 times in a year. Tatis striking out 150 and him having that whole entire series of the 30 for 30 club and other power numbers. That's a good sign. Yeah, I I think so. I think he's already walked. He's walked once today and struck out once. Those are his two at bats so far today. Yesterday, 
He might have struck out, but I'm certain he walked. He's one of those guys that takes – it goes – the ball – it goes into deep counts a lot. So I think him striking out a lot – now 200 might be a little bit much, but like 150, like you're saying, if he's striking out 150 and he's still getting a decent amount of walks, he's that's a superstar player right there. Um, yeah, last night, one strikeout, one walk. So if he can just keep up that one-to-one ratio, I mean, that's that's a spectacular if you can have a one-to-one strikeout and walk ratio. But I do think that's an issue. I, I noticed that last year. Um, also, he's a 20-year-old rookie last year. So, like, that should improve. Um, and I think it will as well. Um, and real quick here, Lamette just got out of a jam, allowed one run. Good job, Lamette. He's having a good game. Uh, hopefully the Potters can get some runs on the board here. But I, I don't know. I, I think that Tatis has all the makeup to be a superstar player. One year, but I think that the talent is there, and I think he has the support to do it. Yeah. All right, AJ, I feel like it's time to just kind of give our last second rundown of these four guys. Um, I could start real quick. Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, they have been mightily disappointing as a Padre fan. Uh, their bats aren't atrocious. Will Myers gets into big slumps. Fielding. Maybe if they just stick them at one position um, and they both get some DH time, that could be awesome for them. Because if they can just be average fielders and hit above average, those contracts won't look as bad. If that doesn't happen, this could, those two contracts could be the reason they don't go far. Um, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis. Manny Machado, I think he's going to improve this year. Fernando Tatis, if he just keeps going, doing what he's doing, and cuts down the strikeouts a little bit, I think those two guys are they're going to hold the left side of the infield for hopefully nine more seasons. Hopefully they get Tatis extended. Hopefully they, Manny's still playing on the team in nine years. So I think that you ha- kind of have like two different sides. You have two guys that I think very highly of, two guys that they really got to step it up this next year. As far as my take goes, uh, I think Tatis' future looks bright. I know he's young. I know it's only been one season. But I think if he continues to have confidence, have Machado, have him grow Arnita's wing, as long as A.J. Preller does not do anything stupid, I think depending on that extension, because you never know with baseball now, those guys are going to be ruling the left side of the infield for time to come. On the right side of home plate, we got Eric Hosmer, who I think is going to be the first baseman for a while. He was a gold glover. And it's hard to really compare the first pace position because as far as power numbers and defense goes, it's a stacked position. You got guys platooning you got a lot of good guys that are first basemen. That's just flat out. Yeah. I think there's going to be improvement. I hope uh, last night was a shine of the leather. One thing I found shocking is against 11 uh, – I'm sorry. Against all the lefty pitching, he had 22 home runs last year. Only one was off uh, against the lefty. Now, that ball almost went out last night. But we just hope that we're going to remain positive and say that hopefully in this 60-game span that Eric figures it out. Will Myers, 
I think they need to stop messing around and doing him as an experiment because you pay him too much to experiment. Yeah. I think he needs to get on track a little bit. As far as his hot and cold streaks, there are a lot of guys, and you just got to worry about the average there. You could be 400 when you're hot, 200 when you're cold. Guess what? That's a three-hard average. That's just, unfortunately, what you're going to have to live with. And when he's cold, you're going to have to bench him. You got the prospects. You got the talent. You got the starting pitching on the top of the one-two punch so far this year. Looks good. MLB ranked the Padres as the second-best bullpen in baseball. You have a couple X factors in the back end of the rotation. Same thing with your lineup, uh, pro far, and there's a couple other guys that are just question marks. But I think maybe not this year, but possibly next year, depending on the crazy free agency that goes on and the prospect call-ups, yeah. you, you could mark this date. I think in a year or two, the Padres are making the playoffs if all the keys are hit. But mind you, that's Paddock and Lamette uh, keeping up. That's Garrett Richards uh, not fully bouncing back but being sustainable. And that's some prospects being at replacement level. Yeah. Well, that, that I think is very fair. I don't need these guys to be powerhouses. I just think they need to be at a okay level. Yeah. Um, you brought up the pitching. And before we wrap up, I do got to say two guys that are going to get called up potentially this year, maybe next year McKenzie Gore and Luis Patino. They're both top 30 prospects, and I believe Gore is a top five prospect and has been a top five prospect for about a year or so now. Uh, Gore is, I think, the number two overall pick or number three overall pick. Both those guys are projected to be, with uh, Paddock, the top three starting pitchers. So in, yep, in hopefully good. in a year or two, like you're bringing up, that, that should be the case. And if you have those three super strong starting pitchers, then there's no reason they shouldn't be a playoff team. If the bats are just okay, you know, if you got that good of starting pitching and a bullpen, then that's uh, correct. Yeah. There's only one, uh, there's only two things I have in mind as far as the pitching goes. Um, if you know the prospect, uh, his name is Justice Sheffield. Anytime that you see a guy who's labeled as a starting pitcher go to the bullpen, there's concerns about durability, longevity, uh, the quality of his, uh, you know, it's going to be a mix-up of pitches. Maybe he's got four pitches and only two do well. It could be anything of the sort. Uh, as far as young guys, you just never know. Uh, Drew Pomeranz, uh, I know he's the setup man right now. Yeah. Uh, I thought he would be the long reliever and give these guys a little bit of depth. Because my concern is that if you give these long arms – Particularly when they're young, the one thing you don't want to do is ruin their confidence. So particularly in a National League where things get a little more tactical, if it's about a 90 pitch count or so, because we're just in that day and age of baseball, I'd rather see them get yanked in the fifth or sixth in and have Pomeranz give them an inning plus a work and then hand it over to the rest of the second-ranked MLB bullpen in baseball than having these starters try and struggle. They're struggle, yeah. but then guess what? There's sometimes where you're able to stop the bleed and say, listen, you've 
done enough. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill your confidence. Let's start up again next time. And they're going to come back hungry versus if you bury him or if you try and trust him. And unfortunately he breaks that trust. The only thing it's going to do is it could potentially send him down and can just ruin his confidence. Anytime you break a young player's confidence, that's Tatis, that's any pitcher, the only thing you're going to do is hurt their development. So that's key. So as long as they play their cards right between the development, the coaching, and the general manager who's been very, very up and down. As far as his grade of being a GM in his career so far, I give him a D. So that's where I stand. Go Friars.